a lot of congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the beginning, I want uh, just to remind you that all of the scriptures, all of the Psalms, uh, as Jesus taught us and as Jesus himself told us that it is about him. For example, in Luke 24, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus going with the two disciples on the road of, to the to Emmaus, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And he also told the Pharisees at some point in the Gospel of John, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these, the scriptures, are they which testify of me. So all of the scriptures are about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. And all, he also promised to us that when the Helper comes, or the Holy Spirit, whom I will send with my Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, of Jesus. So when we read this Psalm, Psalm 23, you all know very well that's the gospel, the good news, who he is and what he has done. And he speaks of himself as a good shepherd. As a good shepherd. In other parts of the Bible, God speaks of himself uh, about the gospel as a father who lost his prodigal son, or as a husband who loved his his wife that is not faithful to him. So today, uh, Jesus explained to us so that we could understand what the shepherd means. What the shepherd means. Such a humble and simple occupation. You know, there is nothing fancy about being a shepherd. But Jesus wants to convey to us the good news what the shepherd does, how he cares for the sheep. And through that, he wants to show us the gospel. And we know that this psalm, Psalm 23, it's actually, uh, it means, it has a spiritual meaning. It's not a physical meaning. So you probably heard the word typology. In this particular case, it's a prophetic typology or prophetic image of shepherd, God being shepherd and how he cares for his sheep. And it has a spiritual meaning. We know that it's not literally we're a sheep, right? but we are his sheep. And we understand the spiritual meaning of it, how we follow him how he leads us, and how he saves us. So again, here uh, about the shepherd, this is what God's word says in Psalm 80. Oh, give ear, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Or Psalm 95, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pastures, the sheep of his hand. So in the Old Testament, the kings and the priests and other leaders were called shepherds. 
And we know they were not true shepherd. They were just pointing to the true shepherd. Whom God promised to his, his people. So in Ezekiel 34, it says that, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep, and I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out of the, from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them from their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the streams and all the inhabited places of the land. Line up the broken and strengthen the sick, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. So that's that's where we see the clear picture of the true shepherd, how he would be. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he is the true shepherd. The true shepherd of his flock, of us, his people. And as we read today in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep, for us. And, and he did, as he promised, to lay down his life for our sins. And he also says that, my sheep hear my voice, and I know that. Again, spiritual meaning that we don't really know how Jesus' physical voice sounds like, but we know what it means spiritually. We, we, we believe what he is teaching us. We believe what he is calling us to believe, to trust. And the only one and true shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, he also protects us keeps us, he leads us, and he gives us all that we need, all that we need. And again, here when we see typological language, the shepherd provides for us food, and we know it has a spiritual meaning, it has a spiritual meaning, what the food, the, the flock of God needs, of course it is his word, his teaching. That is the pasture that he leads us to. In Isaiah 40, he says, Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewe lamb or sheep. And the shepherd is our God. Here in Psalm 23. Brothers and sisters, how well our shepherd kept you so far. He kept us very well. As we read uh, previously, that no one could snatch us or pluck us out of his hand. He continued to protect us. So once he is given us salvation, he's not leaving us alone to our own devices, 
with our own control and management, but we're not able to keep it, what he has given us. You know, like a sheep where God leads us to his good pastures, to his good teaching, to his word. Are we able to stay if it's not his help and by the power of the Holy Spirit? No, we're not able to keep. But we're like sheep, like real sheep. We don't know if we're left alone, where we're going. But with our Lord leading us, we know where we're going. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So during the wilderness journey, you remember, to the promised land, God, promised land, God led his people as their shepherd. In Deuteronomy 2, 7. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacking a thing. And then Nehemiah 9, he, he speaks about what, uh, he, what we were not lack, lacking, the Israelites in the wilderness. Indeed, he says, 40 years you provided for them in the wilderness, and they were not in want, or lacking nothing. Their clothes, clothing did not wear off or wear out. Or did their feet swell? Their experience was what? A typological experience pointing to our heavenly reality. The heavenly reality. As God leads us to heaven, we're here in this pilgrimage together, going to heaven as, as, uh, as people of God in the wilderness was walking, going to the to the promised land. And they, nothing was wearing off. And they did not lack, they didn't lack anything there. But they have everything abundantly, even in the wilderness. And again, today we understand that it is spiritual meaning. We have everything from God already. Salvation is ours. Jesus Christ was given to us. His rich word indwells us by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow His voice. In Psalm 34, it says, The young lies do lag and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want. They will not lack any good thing. So God speaks to us today. For God promised to us these things. He promised to us to give us enough, sufficiently, what to eat and what to drink and what to work. Therefore, he says, do not worry about these things like Gentiles do. If Gentiles worry about what to eat, what to drink, and what to work. But our God promised us that he will not leave us or forsake us, but we will have these things while in our pilgrimage. Was the promised land to heaven. And he is giving us every day what we need. Mm -hmm. 
And the problem is that we're not satisfied. We're seeking always something better, something newer, something cooler, nicer, instead of being satisfied and content having Jesus Christ and salvation. Even heaven is ours. It is a blasphemy for us to complain. Even those Christians who live in an economically challenged parts of the world, it is a blasphemy to complain to God that that God did not provide it for them. For they have food and drinks and clothing to on their backs. This is what God promises. So he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet water. Here we see that we're perfectly safe. He makes us lie down. And nobody is able to frighten us. Nobody is able to intimidate us. Nothing in this world. But we are so easily frightened, intimidated. A little bit sick. We lost job. We have not a good relationship with co-worker or even we couldn't buy something that we wanted and we feel something strange, something bad happened to us. And remember that nothing should frighten us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He provides for us. For we are His flock. In Isaiah 14, He says, Those who are most helpless will eat, and the needy will lie down in security. The green pastures for sheep. What it means? It means abundance of food. And again, for us, we have abundance of God's grace every day. Abundance of His Word. That's in our security, Christ Himself. And he leads us besides quiet waters. He gave us His own bread. Jesus said in John 6, I am the bread of life. He who, com he who comes to me will not hunger. And he who believes in me will never thirst. John 7, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the, his innermost being will flow the rivers of living water. But, the, but this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So every we celebrate the Lord's Supper we eat Jesus Christ the gospel we taste physically with our senses we take it, we hold it and we put it in our mouth we take the wine, which is his blood and we understand that it has spiritual meaning the spiritual meaning that God feeds us 
with the gospel, with his own blood, with his own broken body, that he has accomplished for us. And therefore, we have abundant life, abundant heavenly life, even now. And we have complete satisfaction, complete contentment in him. Therefore, God promises to us that in Revelation 7 that we will hunger no longer, nor not thirst anymore, nor will the sun be down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. That's what God has promised to us. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. For His name's sake. He guides me in the path, path of righteousness through His word. That's our compass. He guides us to the path of righteousness by His Holy Spirit that He sanctifies us every day as He promised. And we look around and say, oh, life didn't change much since last year or since 10 years ago. I'm still struggling with my old sins. But you must believe. Even sanctification is by faith. Because there are plenty of unbelievers. They have earthly wisdom. But they, don't, they don't continue in their sinful pattern. But we don't call it sanctification. But by faith, I see you all already sanctified. Holy. For the Holy God. Just imagine the Holy Spirit who lives in you, who dwells and dwells you. He never leaves and or forsakes you. Even when you commit the grossest of sin, He never leaves you. Because you are a temple of the living God. That's a good news. That's amazing news. Because the blood of Christ and the righteousness of Christ covers all your sins, even not only past, but even the future sins. Therefore, you're completely holy. And for that, who began good work in him and persevere and continue even to the day of Christ that comes again. Again, God does all these things first of all for his own glory for his name's sake he says. For I promise on my own name I will save you and I will keep you in my hands. And no one will snatch or pluck you out of his hands. What the good news, brothers and sisters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. I heard about this verse 
people say, well, the, the rod is to discipline us, and to, the staff is to show away the, the, the predators, the, those who are to attack us. But I do believe that both rod and the staff are to, to show away or, or drive away all those predators, the animals who are to attack us. The devil himself, who is walking like a roaring lion, seeking how to devour God's children. And there is a good shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, to drive them away with his rod and staff. Therefore, we fear no evil for God on our side. He protects us every day of our life. The life is completely secure. Thus, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though there might be any kind of danger in our life, our lives are eternally secure. God is the shepherd. The Lord Jesus Christ is with us. His grace. God's people who are protected by the power of God through faith. By the Holy Spirit. So salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. It's already there for all of us. The Lord in the verse 5, he changes from the shepherd to the hospitable host who serves his guests. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over, overflows. So in Psalm 78, it says, The evil people questioned, they, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Then, behold, Psalm 78, verse 20, He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams were overflowing. That's what God did. And He gives bread also. Will He provide meat for His people? And again, we saw that reality in the wilderness. It witnessed every time we participate in the Lord's Supper. Then we are we feed upon the heavenly man. Again, here the oils that overflows in the cup. What it is? It is the Holy Spirit. The cup overflows. And we have abundance of the Holy Spirit. We have extra measure of it. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's goodness and God's loving kindness will follow you, brothers and sisters all the days of your life. While you're 
walking in this earth as pilgrims and sojourning here. God himself makes sure that you will get to the house of our God. That you will get to heaven. There you will be with God. And in verse 4 here, it says, you are with me. You are with me. God is with us. So we see here that God dwells among his people. God is now here among us. God is in us. And he says in Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not scourge, nor will the flame burn you. And Isaiah 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxious, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Because of this, we know God is with us because of his promise. So we see here the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ being our good shepherd. He came to save us, his sheep. Once we were lost, wandering around, he saved us. Even though sometimes we do wonder the way what is called, he always brings us and he always rejoices when he brings us back. But he promises us to keep us in his hands. So our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, the amazing thought that the shepherd Actually, became the lamb. Became the lamb. Who lacked all and everything. The shepherd who became the lamb, he lied down his life for us, his sheep. And he didn't lie down on the green pastures. He lied down his life. But while alive, he lived homeless. He lived in the wilderness. He said that Son of God doesn't have a place to put his head on. Even though the birds, they have their nest, and foxes, they have their holes. But Jesus, the creator of the universe, a good shepherd, he didn't have a place for himself. He endured the raging waters. He experienced thirst in the presence of his enemies. The sufferings of his death followed him all the days of his life. And at the end, he died a shameful death on that cross, bearing for yours and my sins. And on that cross, he was separated from the Father. But he cried out, My 
Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? He was burying his our, he was burying our guilt. He was burying our sins. So that you and I we could dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He drank the cup of God's wrath, of God's judgment, so that our cup would overflow the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the good shepherd, brothers and sisters. He laid down his life for his sheep. Because he is our good shepherd, we truly lack nothing. What do you lack? Just imagine if you are the richest person in this world and you have no Jesus in your heart. If you have no Jesus in your life, would you exchange a good life on earth for 70, health permits, 80 years? Have no Jesus? Or would you choose have Jesus and nothing of this world? And you know that. And I know that you would choose Jesus. But who has him is truly rich. Who has him truly has everything. Lack nothing. So, brothers and sisters, as I began uh, from the, talking about this in this message, that it is truly has a spiritual meaning. We understand again what the good shepherd does for his sheep. We understand what it means to lead us to quiet waters. What it what it, what it means to feed us in green pastures. What it means, how to, how he protects us, his rod and his staff, which comfort us, and how he prepares the table in the presence of our enemies, how he anoints us. So we understand his spiritual need. It's not that physically he feeds us. There are plenty of other Bible verses where God speaks about. Providing for our physical needs. But this psalm is not about that. This psalm is up. It's about God providing for us Jesus Christ and to all our spiritual needs. The Good Shepherd does it faithfully every day in our lives. To Him we give praise, thanks, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord our God, thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were called the great shepherd, became the lamp of God, lay down his life, your life, for our sins. Lord, we thank you that nobody were able to keep your life, but you took it back, and you were reasoned. Now, as a good shepherd, you lead us to green pastures, 
purified waters of the spiritual food. Thank you, Lord, that you are feeding us with your word every day. Thank you that you are sustaining our faith. Thank you, Lord, that you are helping us to persevere in this wilderness, Lord. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would encourage those who are perhaps wandering around, or wander away from their fold. Oh, Lord, bring them back. Encourage them. Give them assurance of your love by the power of your word and Holy Spirit. We pray all of this in the name of our great shepherd, and in the Lord Jesus Christ.